Hey, welcome to another episode of Fast Forward, a podcast from QSR Magazine. My name is Sam Okus. I'm the editor of QSR and the editorial director of Food News Media. Today, we're continuing on with our conversations with restaurant professionals on their unique ideas, tips, strategies, and perspectives on getting through the coronavirus pandemic. Today, that conversation is with Michelle Bythewood. She is the president of Salada, a salad fast casual concept based in Houston uh, that now has locations in seven states. They have about 90 locations total, uh, the bulk of them being in Texas. And I wanted to talk to Michelle uh, for a few reasons. The first reason is because salad fast casual and these these fresh food fast casuals were really all the rage pre-pandemic. So these were the trendy brands that were growing across the country, really taking healthy, fresh food to the mainstream. And I wanted to hear from her on, you know, maybe how the pandemic has affected that trajectory. How has it impacted customers' impressions of this type of concept? Uh, and especially today, as you hear a lot more about people talking about, you know, comfort foods coming back, and, and certainly as you hear a lot more about value being important as we, you know, so many millions of people are now unemployed and we're, we're you know, likely heading into this recession. Uh, will there be that priority on fresh, healthy food at a little bit more of a premium uh, than it was pre-coronavirus outbreak? And so I wanted to talk to Michelle a little, a little about that. But also Michelle and Salada have this thing that they're calling the Salada Safety Promise, which is their pledge to keeping both their guests and their team members healthy. And I wanted to hear from Michelle a little bit more about that promise and, and how they're holding themselves accountable to that promise and maintaining these high safety standards. Of course, this is something on the mind of all restaurant operators out there today, especially as restaurants are starting to reopen their dining rooms. How do you keep people safe? What are the best practices for those safety measures? And Michelle gets into a lot of what Salada is doing for safety. We also get into talking about the future of the Salada business and the future of the restaurant industry. She talks about why they're going to be looking at more drive-through, potential drive-through locations, why they're talking more about things like grab-and-go options. Uh, we also talk about that need for loyalty, and uh, Salada just announced uh, that they have rolled out a mobile app um, that is not only going to help customers be able to order their uh, takeout and their delivery, but it is also going to manage their loyalty platform. So um, that was just announced after M Michelle and I had this conversation, but we do talk about that need for loyalty from customers. So we do hit on a lot of subjects from safety to the future of the industry um, to even talking about Salada's trajectory. It, it was expanding before uh, the pandemic, and Michelle talks a little bit about uh, how that might be affected by the pandemic. Um, but a lot of interesting subjects here um, that we talk about, and I think just really practical advice for restaurant operators. Before I jump into that, of course, go to qsrmagazine.com for all the news and insights you need on the QSR and fast casual restaurant industries, qsrmagazine.com slash coronavirus for anything related to the coronavirus, hundreds and hundreds of articles up there right now. If you haven't subscribed to this podcast, I'd encourage you to do so. Um, right now, we are kind of going back and forth between our regular episodes with fast casual founders, innovators, and entrepreneurs, and these unique perspectives um, from folks about getting through the coronavirus. And we'll 
we'll continue doing both of those things. Uh, go back into our archives and check out our, our episodes there. I think you're going to find a lot of value from some of the interviews that we have done over the last year and a half with fast casual innovators, um, stuff that is still applicable even today in the midst of the pandemic. Check that out. Subscribe to this podcast wherever you do listen to your podcasts. Uh, and finally, of course, please do reach out to me anytime you want to share a perspective or just want to talk Sam at qsrmagazine.com. All right, I'm going to roll into this conversation now with Michelle Bythewood, the president of Salada. And I started by asking her about what the pivot looked like for Salada in the immediate aftermath of the coronavirus back in March, how Salada pivoted to accommodate. We've really broken it down into a few phases just because of the complexity of, of the situation. But we started really with, with making sure our leadership team and, and crisis team were, were engaged and um, working with our franchisees. And our main priority was just to move fast, be flexible for our franchise owners, and, and just be proactive. And mm-hmm. a lot of that had to do with you know making sure our supply chain um, wasn't going to be affected. Or if it was, what, what products could we not source or... Um, what did we need to obtain? So just really being proactive and, and um, looking at how to how to pivot and, and you know, trying to figure out what would what happen next, which was almost right. impossible. Right. Yeah. I, I have to imagine you guys are already doing pretty robust off premises business. So I can't imagine that pivot was too difficult. What, but what was that like to switch to, you know, all off premises for a while? You know, it was it was really about just um, making sure we were doing things correctly and providing the guest um, a safe experience and and adding tamper proof um, labels and and contactless ta- contactless delivery and, and that type of thing. So really making mm-hmm. sure that we were were doing it right and doing it smart. And um, we were about twenty percent prior to the pandemic, and now we're at about forty five percent as far as off premise is concerned. So I think we'll see that continue to to grow as as the entire industry will. Uh, what about, you know, just your approach to messaging, your marketing and, you know, getting consumers in the, or not in the doors, of course, but, you know, still ordering from Salada. Was there a different approach you had to take, especially as it was sort of like a, you know, I think it was a lot about consumer trust and making sure they could trust the brand. What did you do with that, with your messaging? It was just being 100% transparent. And I feel like we've always been that way with our guests, but just being even and more so and telling them what we were doing on a daily basis and and telling them about about, about the Salada um, safety promise, which is just a commitment to, to clean our restaurants every 15 minutes and having a dedicated uh, safety attendant, um, so to speak, in the dining mm-hmm. rooms and making sure all of our, our uh, crew members have masks and just, just really owning that promise and communicating that through social, really, um, Facebook and Instagram. And um, we have a blog that, that we do on a weekly basis. So just communicating that way in a transparent manner. Mm. Yeah, the safety promise, I think, is really interesting because, you know, as I mentioned, especially early on in this pandemic, it seemed so much was, um, you know, so much of the drop off was driven by fear and I think Mm -hmm. an uncertainty about whether or not this was spread via food. Um, But what did you hear from Salada customers about their fears and how were some of these moves in the Salada, you know, safety promise? How were these positioned to get over their fears? I think that the fears were just the the 
obviously the unknown as, as we all struggled through and, and just letting them know that, that we will continue to, to do our very best to have a, a spotless environment. And we've always really prided ourselves on that. That's, that's part of our DNA and our brand. Um, so it's just, it's just part of what we do, but it's, it's about letting the guests know that we do that, reminding them that we do that and that we're there for them and that our crews are just as important as well and their safety. So it's really mm-hmm. about communication, constant communication. I talked to somebody recently who said, you know, pre-COVID, you wouldn't necessarily want anybody to see the uh, cleaning supplies hanging out in the corner. But post-COVID, it's like, this is sort of like a badge of honor, right? That's so true. It really is. And and one of the features in in a lot of our restaurants, we have a um, self-service tea tap wall. Um, which our guests love, but it's self-service. So what we've done there is we've made sure to clean the handles uh, every 15 minutes, like I mentioned. We've even provided a um, like a little um, pop-up wipe. And, and if the guests mm. are comfortable, they can use that to, to, to do the self-serve on our teas and lemonades. We're just trying to be proactive because there's different levels of anxiety with different guests. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but you're right. Having people out in the dining room and, and making sure they see people cleaning is, is really key now. And I think it will be for the industry moving forward. Self-service is really interesting. You know, I, I've thought a lot about, you know, Froyo. Froyo has mm-hmm. thrived on the self-service model. And I have to imagine that's going to change in the future. But, mm-hmm. you know, um, buffets as well. There's right. a real sort of hazy future for buffets. Now, salad bars, I know what you guys are doing is a little bit different. But, um, you know, I have to imagine there's some operational changes you must have to make with, with all of this. Tell me a little bit about what that might look like. Yeah, we're, we're um, definitely the model where we are serving the guest, and, and that's the beauty of, I think, our brand is we have over 70 fresh ingredients, and, and our customers love to go down the entire line and, and put as much as they want in the bowl. Mm-hmm. We love that. But, um, you know, we've we've always, the way we've handled it, we have gloves on, we have masks, and we've always had the glove procedure, but um, we we pass the bowl down the line as, as we move and the guest places their order. But again, gloves to gloves. Um, so we haven't really changed our model. Um, we have um, protective glass in the front of our bars. So mm-hmm. um, the way we've always been set up, I think, is, is really conducive to, to providing that, that health and safety. Um, but it's, it's just more about communicating with the guest. And um, we've moved our utensils, for example, as, as one operational procedure. We have mm-hmm. moved those to where we are either prepackaging them or handing them out. They're not in the self-service area. So little things like that. But fortunately, we haven't really had to adjust too, too much. Mm, okay. You mentioned supply chain earlier. Was there any blip in the supply chain model? I know, especially since you're you're dealing with produce, I, I don't think we've had any nationwide issues with produce, but I have to imagine there must be some more hoops to jump through. Tell me about the, the supply chain part of this. Yeah, there were there were a few little things that we couldn't source, but for the most part, um, we didn't have any problems, knock on wood. I mean, we we're very thankful for that, that, that we were able to um, get up the majority of our fruits, fresh fruits and, and fresh produce and the few items that we couldn't get, um, you know, I, having so many things on the line, our guests didn't really complain per se, but we really watched that closely and, and just making sure that if we needed to pivot, we could. And, and um, our, our partners were absolutely outstanding uh, in keeping us, you know, up to date on exactly what was going on. So that was key. Mm. 
Yeah, sure. All right. So a big chunk of your restaurants are in Texas, which mm-hmm. Texas uh, has entered sort of the reopening phase is starting to allow guests back into dining rooms. Uh, I know probably um, several other restaurants of uh, Saladas are in other states that are starting to reopen things. Mm-hmm. Uh, first off, what does reopening look like for Salada? What are some of the measures you guys are taking in the restaurants? And second off, how have you approached this? Because I know some restaurants are a little bit hesitant about, you know, just accepting this full on. But, you know, what was what was Salada's approach to the reopening? open and how, how are you going about rolling out some new measures? So moving to the, the 50% occupancy in, in Texas this Friday, um, we're excited about it, that we're, we're being you know cautious as well. We actually rolled out a 50-page new normal document um, hmm. to our franchisees. We literally broke the restaurant down into various zones and talked about each zone. So when the guest enters the restaurant, it's the welcome zone. What is every single safety measure we can we can take there? And then we we broke it down into nine other zones to, to really think through the process and what our guest um, sees and their perception and, and just trying to, to go above and beyond. And like I mentioned in the beginning, be really proactive, um, just training our crews even and further on, on how to handle uh, any kind of guest complaint or guest comment. Um, so mm-hmm. it's just really thinking through everything that we could possibly do to, to make guests feel comfortable. There's been an interesting sort of fallout from some of this, which is, you know, there's there's starting to be some social shaming of restaurants that where mm-hmm. you see a bunch of people congregating on a patio and pictures go around. Right. I, how do you how do you deal with the optics of this? This is I mean, it's obviously so unprecedented and it feels just such an like an impossible thing to deal with. But are you prepared for like various optics issues with all of this? Yeah, we don't have a whole lot of patios, so I think we can can manage that. Uh, I, mm-hmm. I think moving in the future, we, we would love to, to see restaurants with larger patios, just outdoor air and that type of thing. And uh, also looking for drive-through scenarios and pickup window opportunities. I, I think our how we look at uh, approaching a restaurant new build in the future will be really different because of some mm-hmm. of those things, even a smaller footprint inside and, and a larger patio outside. So I think we're going to have to think through things quite differently. And um, But as far as social distancing, we haven't had a problem. Um, we haven't had a lot of dining guests, to be honest. I think uh, the beauty of our concept is people going through that line, picking what they want and, and taking it with them. So mm-hmm. we haven't run into the patio situation that you're referring <laughs> to quite yet. That's good. Yeah. So let's talk about the uh, Salada of the future as you're talking about. I'm really curious, you know, what kind of lessons have you guys learned through this uh, for the business and how do you think you're going to change that model in the future? What are some permanent changes that the pandemic has brought about for the Salada business? You know, I think the lessons I've learned, just just internally speaking um, or personally speaking, something that we we say uh, internally amongst our team is that we do all things with love, purpose, and gratitude, and it really, really applies to this time and and thinking about just how we do do business and not taking anything for granted and just being nimble and, and quick to response and uh, you know with our franchise partners, just making sure that that we're in constant communication with them and we may not have the answers. But, you know, we're talking to them on a regular basis. During this entire thing, we have had um, our franchise committee. It's our council that represents our system. We've had them on the phone every single week, twice a week live, just mm. to talk about their anxieties, their fears, what's happening, what we were doing to, to correct situations. And I, I think that that's something that I will not ever take for granted. And it'll just open yeah. up our lines of communication even more moving mm-hmm. forward. Um, and, but, but as far as other change, I think just 
never getting too comfortable and constantly pushing for creativity and innovation. Um, you know, I want to see us do more of that and, and um, just, you know, I keep saying the word proactive, but it's, it's really about doing that on multiple levels so that, that you're ready for whatever life throws at you. Yeah. Yeah. Cause as we all know, you know, unfortunately this could all happen all over again, whether a surge of this virus or who knows something entirely different in the future. Yeah. Um, you know, talking about, you mentioned drive-through, I think that's really interesting Ooh. because, you know, drive-through has been the saving grace for so many brands. QSRs are really weathering the storm because, uh, the, the drive-through has given them that, that opportunity. And now we're talking about, you know, full service restaurants might start looking into drive-throughs, mm-hmm. um, or, you know, it could be something totally like a hybrid of curbside drive-through kind of model. Right. All of the off-premises stuff is really going to change pretty wildly, I'm sure. So I, I, you probably don't have all the answers now, but I mean, for Salada, how do you start to prioritize some of these things when you expand? I mean, are you going to prioritize these these locations with drive-through? Absolutely. Absolutely. That is a priority that we've been talking about for weeks and weeks and, and longer than that, really. It's just our, we have a few locations that do have drive-through and it's not a traditional drive-through because you're still ordering online, but the guest is able to pull up their salads handed out the window and they go. So mm-hmm. it's, it's certainly advantageous for us to have those. And, and we have a significantly higher sales um, AUV with our units that do have that. So it's absolutely a priority, but at the very minimum, looking at how do we retrofit some of our locations for just walk-up windows? Because you could do the same process of the customer parking and walking up and grabbing it. Uh, I just think the new norm will be thinking through those types of conveniences for our guests. Yeah, for sure. What do you think for the restaurant industry in general? Any any predictions for how the industry will change? I know you've, you've been in this industry for a while, and now that you've mm-hmm. gone through these last couple of months to see how things have been uh, you know, evolving just in two or three months, what do you predict for the coming years and how the restaurant industry as a, as a whole will start to change for this? I think obviously the, you know, the, the sanitation and the cleanliness will be a new norm. Uh, I think living by all these new guidelines uh, will be key. I don't believe anyone's going to revert back to, to what they were doing before. So just a heavy emphasis on sanitation and safety and reevaluating our, our new builds like we just talked about. And um, uh, value, I think value too, um, whether it's a, a monetary value amount or if it's just the, the value of what you're providing the consumer, like in our case, you know, being able to put 70 things if you want in a bowl um, for a great price is, is really key. And we're excited to roll out our loyalty app in a couple of weeks here. And, and there's mm. some great values related to that. And just we have guests that, that visit us five plus times a month. Um, so just providing them something and that's probably the number one request we've gotten. Give us a Mm. a loyalty app because we, we want to get rewards and points and, and value that way. So I think brands will just start thinking about what value means for them and, and, um, and for their customers. I know Salada was growing pre-COVID. You guys are are franchising, expanding. Um, obviously, with this salad fast casual model, I think just really trendy and 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 modern, um, well positioned for growth in the future. Does does the pandemic change that at all? Does it change any of your projections or how you might just approach expansion? I, I think. Expansion will be a little bit slower, just the the nature of the beast and what we're dealing with. But we have had a ton of um, people reach out to us. And I think people see the true value in 
and healthy eating. And, you know, we all loved our carbs during this pandemic, myself included, mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> just to get back on that, that new normal routine of, of eating healthy and having a salad every day and, and that type of thing. I, I think that um, people see the true value in that and know that it's here to stay and it's, it's not necessarily a trend, but it's a lifestyle. So I think that's why we've had so um, much interest in the brand and, and we're excited um, to, to get back out there and talk about our brand and, and increase our footprint just as a system. It's an interesting point. I've had this conversation with a few people is there's sort of two sides of this argument. One is that, you know, as we enter a recession, there's going to be a lot of pressure on, you know, a lot of people needing to eat value affordably, um, you know, accessibly, conveniently. And, and especially turning to comfort foods to mm-hmm. kind of you know get them through a tough time. On the flip side, there's going to be even more uh, pressure for healthy foods, as obviously our health and wellness is really kind of at the forefront right now and taking care of ourselves. Right. What do you see for the future of this healthy eating trend that's been building for so long? I think you'll continue to see it build, and, and we're looking at different opportunities um, above and beyond the bowl. Um, so doing things like just different meals that are convenient. So we might take our salmon and pair it with broccoli and quinoa and uh, put it in a con- to-go container that the uh, family could you know, pop in the microwave at night just to heat up. So thinking more about convenience and, and still healthy but um, convenient opportunities for dinner day part. So that's one of our big areas that, that we're exploring is, is just having more dinner offerings and more grab and go. I think that's a, a, a shift in the industry that if people aren't doing grab and go, they'll start doing that more because, mm-hmm. um, you know, someone in our case, it comes in and gets a salad for lunch. Why not be able to take a great grab and go snack item for 3 p.m.? So yeah. that's kind of a shift for us as well. And just thinking through what that looks like from an innovation standpoint. And we're, we're excited about that opportunity. Yeah. All right, Michelle, last question for you. Um, what is one thing that's bringing you a bit of uh, hope these days? What's something you can leave our listeners with that might give them a bit of encouragement or, or a bit of wisdom that they can hold on to? You know, I, I think it's just remaining positive and, and, and doing things, uh, like I mentioned earlier, with, with love, purpose, and gratitude. Uh, you know, I hope that doesn't sound corny. I think it's it's something that we can all live by and, and mm-hmm. just taking a breath and, and, and really realizing that, that people are dealing with things, whether it be at home or work, and um, just giving people a little more grace and, um, you know, coming together during this time. I think this will continue to... to press forward. And I think it'll just be a, hopefully a better world. Yeah, that's good. Michelle, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. And uh, good luck to you guys. Be well. All right. Thanks, Sam. Appreciate it.